appreciate that very much. We're going to go to Psalm 25 tonight in your Bible, the book of Psalms, and Psalm number 25. This psalm has been on my heart for several days now, and I've been meditating on it some, and, and uh, just, uh, I don't know, God spoke to me a lot uh, several days ago as I was doing Bible reading, and, and uh, it's just really been on my heart, and so this afternoon as I got into the study, I just couldn't, I couldn't help, well, I just started trying to put something together. And I told Brother Chris back there in the sound booth, I sure hope this gels. I sure hope this works. I'm figuring if God's in it, it will. But I think God has something for us tonight. I really do believe that. And if I can get my mind together and, and stay on track with the Lord, uh, we'll see what God can do with all of this. Psalm 25, verse number 1 says, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness. For they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember, uh, th- uh, remember thou me for, for thy goodness sake, O Lord. If you'll leave your Bible open there, we're going to look at a few more of the verses. Um, I titled a message, David Goes to the Altar. And uh, then as I thought about that, I subtitled it this, Where is your trust? Where's your trust? Let's pray. We'll get going. <clears throat> well, Father, here we are. Lord, I do believe that you led us in this direction, and I am trusting you, Lord, to bring the message out the way that you would have it done. I, I certainly don't even want to act like I know the needs of all the people that are sitting in this place tonight or the ones that are listening by live stream, but you know each and every one, and you know what they need to hear. And so what I want to do right now, Lord, is I just want to yield myself to you the very best that I know how. Lord, I'll open my mouth. I ask you to fill it. Father, I ask for direction in everything that's said and done, uh, that uh, certainly it would all be of the Spirit, uh, that you would do a work uh, through the preaching of your word, uh, Lord, that would help folks. Well, that would just help folks. Need your power? Lord, I pray for your help now and thank you for it. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please, please be seated. As President Abraham Lincoln led this nation through the Civil War, the weight of the country's survival rested very heavily on his shoulders. 
And it was during that time that Mr. Lincoln said this. He said, I have been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for the day. End quote. For the questions of life, God is the one that has the answers. He is the one that put us here. He is the one that formed us in the womb. He is the one that he is the one that that has a plan for our life, and we can trust him. And when we get to a place where uh, we don't know what else to do, I think the very best thing that we can do is just run to him and spend time with him, dedicate time to him, maybe some extra time with him, maybe getting rid of some of the other things that are in our life, and. And, and giving that time to God for a period of time, whether we, whether we, whether we fast from food and we give God that time, or whether we fast from, from, from uh, uh, whatever the case may be and give God that time, sometimes it's good for us just to seek the will of God. The circumstance behind this writing of the psalm, it's, it's unclear. But whatever the situation was during that time, David recognized the connection between his sin and the trouble that was in his life at that point. And there's a great lesson to be learned from this. And that lesson is this. We personally create a lot of the problems we face in this life. Absolutely so. Therefore, we have to learn to face up to that and to deal with the consequences of bad decisions. Um, And God will help us through those also. It's a spiritual law that we do reap what we sow. We do reap what we sow. We're going to absolutely reap what we sow, and sin can bear bitter, painful fruit, can it? I mean, truly. And for the most part, this is when we turn to God, when we have blown it, when we know that we need to spend time with Him, when we know we need His forgiveness and His help and His guidance. Many a time it is the problems, um, even as we... It is the problems that our sins create that prompts us to turn back to God. The valleys can be dark, but we can learn to be close to Him there, even as the choir sang tonight. David seemed to have a couple of problems when he wrote this psalm. He had problems from without, the enemies that were attacking him, chasing him, and he had problems from within. Um, He was battling the guilt of sin. The things that he had done in his life, or whatever it may have been at that time. Again, the, the, the circumstances behind this psalm are, are just not clearly, clearly known. And there's three great themes in this psalm. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, forgiveness and guidance and trust. You know, I'm thankful that God's a forgiving God. And I'm thankful that He will guide us along the way as we follow Him. And that we can trust Him no matter what's happening in our life, what has gone on. You know, if I've learned anything in the, in the uh, if I've learned anything at all in the 36 years that I have been saved, it's that I cannot trust me, me to make all the right decisions. I can't trust me to make all the right decisions. And I'm thankful for all the godly friends that we have and the counsel that I've been able to glean from them over the years. But there are times that I've needed to hear directly from God. There are times that there was nothing else to do but just to go somewhere and get alone with God and petition Him to lay my soul out before Him, uh, to bring my my troubles before Him. 
And let me, let me preface the rest of this message with, with this truth. God will never lead us to do anything contrary to what the Scriptures teach. Nothing. Now I'm going to say that again. God will never lead us to do anything contrary to what the Scriptures teach. Although the world has changed, this, the, uh, although the world has changed, God has never changed. He's never changed. And He still guides us with His truth. John 17, 17, Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy Word is truth. And so when we begin to make decisions, if it does not line up with the Word of God, it's the wrong decision. If we, if we, if we, if we begin to choose a way that we're going to go, but it goes contrary to the way that God would have us to go, it's the wrong way to go. I mean, God will never lead us in a way that is contrary to the truth of the Bible It's good and right to seek God about everything, everything in our lives, but never get in a habit, never ever get in a habit of twisting the Bible to say what you want it to say. That can lead you down a dark path. That can cause you a whole lot of trouble. And whatever you do, don't trust your heart. Don't follow your heart, especially when it goes contrary to what the Word of God has to say about any subject, whatever it might be. This psalm was written by David and it refers to the sins of his youth. So many say that it was written in the later years. You know, what a pity it is that we learn so late. Some of your older folks have said, said amen. <laughs> too soon old, too late smart, I'm telling you. It's very personal. It's a very personal psalm. All the way through this, we see David talking about my soul, my God, my enemies, my salvation, my youth, uh, my eyes, my feet, my heart, my distress, my pain, my affliction, my sins, and of course, my trust. It's very personal. And he speaks about sins, of course. There in verse number 7, remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions, according to thy mercy, remember thou uh, me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. So he, he speaks of sins, uh, missing the mark. Um, and he speaks of transgressions, keep moving. He speaks of transgressions, uh, rebellion against authority. And, and, he, and, and he talks about iniquity, I, I mean that moral crookedness down in verse number um, 11, for thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. You know, there's sometimes we just miss the mark. Those sins that we battle with, you know. No, and I'm talking about sins, you know, like, uh, like envy and lust and greed. I'm talking about sins like unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred. Come on, I mean, there are things in our life that just cause us to miss the mark, aren't there? I mean, there are those things in our life that, that cause those things. And then, of course, transgression, rebellion against authority, the authority of God and what He would have us to do and the way that He would have us to go, that we're going to make our own way and we're going to go, we're going to go the way that we want to. And then just moral crookedness, which our country seems to be completely full of. And this was written to the Lord. Unto Thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. The one that could truly help Him. The one that was there for, them and, uh, there for Him. And one that's there for us all the time. He's always there for us. Come on, never, never, never doubt it whatsoever. God is always there for us. If we go to Him, He is there for us. And He is the one that can truly help us. Look, we're talking about a believer here. This isn't some sinner at the end of his rope looking for an easy way out. No, 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 no. This is a saint of God that knew, that, uh, that knew the answer was to come to the altar. 
It was to run to God and grab hold of the horns of the altar. It was to listen to God and go the way that He would have him go. And, and we have to take note of his faith because he said, he said, uh, I, I trust in thee. Trust in thee. We can think of all types of things that we might have trust in, pleasure and money, uh, music, and we go on with that list. But those things will not do what only God can do for you. Not at all. Uh, and so let's look at a few things and then we'll choose upsides and go home. Uh, think about this, the saint's inquiry. He calls upon the Lord. Verse number 1 again, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. So he says, show me. Show me, Lord. Show me thy ways. Show me thy paths. I, I, I need to hear something from you. I, I, I need to know that you're guiding my way. I, I, I need to know for sure that, 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 that you are guiding in what I should do next. But he also said, lead me, in verse number 5. Lead me in thy truth. In thy truth. You know, one of the greatest things we'll ever learn to do, ever learn to do at whatever age, is just to trust the truth of the Bible. It goes contrary to this world, for sure. I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the things that, that the Bible teaches us at times, when we look at it through uh, fleshly eyes, it can look so wrong. How in the world could that ever work? But I am telling you, we can, we can trust Him that He will lead us in His truth. And then He says, teach me. Verse number 5, lead me in thy truth and teach me. It's like he's saying, you are the God of my salvation. You are the Creator. And so my trust is in you to teach me. <clears throat> what I have learned, am learning, as I go on about this wonderful book that we have in our lap that we have before us, is that the more time that we spend in it, the more that it teaches us. Uh, the more time that we spend in it, the more time that we give to it, the more that it can show us the way that God would have us to go in our lives. It's not like any other book in the world. I mean, it is, it is God's inspired Word. I mean, it's a supernatural book. It is a living, the living Word of God. And the more time that we spend in it, and the more uh, attention that we give to it, because it's not that we would just read four or five chapters, or a chapter, or ten chapters, or whatever. It's that we would give attention to what we are reading, and we would listen to what God is saying. And it's amazing the things that He can teach us simply by reading our Bible every day. Truly. But then He said this. Stick with me. And then He said this. Remember me in verse number 6. Remember, O Lord, Thy tender mercies and Thy loving kindness, for they have been ever of old. Oh boy, what a thing to cry out. Stay with me here. What a thing to cry out. Remember, Lord, that I'm but dust. Remember that I fall short of Your glory. Remember that I'm weak and frail. In, in, in Your mercy and in Your loving kindness, remember that I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm telling you, it's good for us to throw ourselves on the mercy of the Lord. It's good for us to admit that we uh, have not arrived. It's good for us to admit that we need, we need what, the God, what, what God has to offer. But he goes on. And we see here the sinner's 
iniquity. Verse number 7 says, Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for, the goodness, for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will He teach sinners in the way. The meek will He guide in judgment. And the meek will He teach His way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep His covenant and His testimonies. For thy namesake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity. For it is great. Those sins. Those sins I talked about earlier. Missing the mark. Uh, those things that so easily seem to pull us down or pull us away from God. Again, envy and anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred. Those sins that cause us to be less of a Christian than we should be. And we have to be very careful about those because those can sneak up on us. And if we're not really careful, and if we're not spending time with God, and if we're not asking God to search us at times, those things can be in our life and we don't even realize it. Those things can be in our life and we, can, we are going on through the motions of living the Christian life and going to church and reading our Bible and saying a prayer and giving a little money and all these different things, but we're missing the mark. There's things that we, that we uh, allow to... Uh, these, there's things that we allow ourselves to overlook that don't need to be overlooked because they are sin in the eyes of God. And so we have to be very, very careful. And he began to confess his sin. He said, I've got these sins and, and, and I'm missing the mark and I know that I need some help. And he talks about transgression and that's rebellion against authority. Rebelling against the authority of the Scriptures. I mean, willfully and knowing and going against what God would have us to do. Choosing to satisfy our needs our way. Uh, even those uh, that, uh, that blatantly go against the holy God. Just doing what we want to do, no matter what God has to say about it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what God says about that. It doesn't matter what, 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 what the preacher says about that. It doesn't matter. I'm going to do what I want to do. It's not a good place to be. Not at all. And then he talks about iniquity. And iniquity is, uh, well, we could just classify that as moral, moral crookedness. Moral crookedness. Now bear with me on this one. Americans today feed their minds so full of garbage that it's a wonder that they can ever begin to hear the voice of the Lord. I'll say that again. Americans today, I'm talking about believers, I'm talking about people that have been saved by the grace of God, fill their mind with so much garbage that it really is a wonder they can ever begin to hear that still small voice that is leading them in the way. And we can talk about movies that people should not be watching. We can talk about TV shows that have gone so far over the line, I don't even like to think about some of the things that they put on national television today. We can talk about music that glorifies sin, no matter how good it makes you feel, no matter how much it makes you tap your toes, no matter how much it gets you all wound up. I'm telling you, music that glorifies sin is, is a terrible, terrible thing for a Christian. And it will pull you away from God. And it will keep you from focusing upon what God would have you to do. But I think one of the biggest downfalls of Christian people today is social media. Truly. I believe there's, there's people that spend... That spend I, I don't want to exaggerate, but I, I, I have no problem believing that there's people that spend ten times 
the amount of time that they spend in their Bible, they spend on social media. And then they'll say stuff like, well, I just don't have time to spend with God. Well, I just don't have time to read the Bible. Well, I just don't have time to memorize Scripture. Well, I just don't have time for that. Um, That's a problem. No, it's a big problem. It keeps us from being spiritual the way that God wants us to be spiritual. Because if our mind is full of all these things of the world, and I can guarantee you most of the things that you find on social media are just things of the world. You don't have to agree with me. I'm going to go ahead and preach it anyway. I'm telling you, most of the things that you find on those sites, whatever it might be, it is the things of the world. It is things of humanism. It is things that, that are far away from God. And every once in a while, there are things that pop up that, man, you should never even be looking at. You should never be listening to. You should never let come into your eye gate or your ear gate, whatever the case may be. No, 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 no. I'm talking about social media. I'm talking about, of course, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok. And there's probably a hundred more that I don't even know anything about whatsoever. It's bad enough. It's bad enough that we as adults would spend more time on these than in our Bibles. But I am here to tell you tonight, if your children have a computer or your children have a smartphone and you allow them to have these apps on their phone or on their computer and you do not monitor them, you have no idea what your child is watching or what they're listening to through those. Well, come on, preacher. You know, I know a lot of adults that have those apps that you talked about. This, you know, this Instagram thing and TikTok thing and all that. I know a lot of adults that have those apps. Well, I do too. And most of them probably shouldn't have. And if there are those that can control Facebook, fine. And if there are those that can control Instagram, fine. But don't you even try to tell me that they're harmless because they're not harmless. Have you ever checked out the videos, you know, that are on Facebook? No, you let your child have Facebook and let them just go wherever they want to go and think it's nothing. They're going to put their cute little memes on there and everything's going to be fine. I'm telling you, there's a bunch of filth on there. I'll say it again, there's a bunch of filth on there. And if you think your little Johnny or Susie isn't going to run to that, you're wrong. And it's corrupting the way that they think. And it's pulling, away, pulling them away from the things of God. And it's keeping them from being what God would have them to be. And mercy's sake, that's just Facebook. And we talk about these others. And I, I did a little look and we talk about these others and Instagram and this TikTok thing. Whatever it's TikTok. I'm telling you, you don't even want to be part of that. And if your child has that on their phone or on their computer or however you might get that thing, I'm telling you, they are in trouble. I said they're in trouble. They're soaking up things in their mind and their heart that should not be. Look, I don't know a whole lot about these, but if your child has Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or this TikTok, they have access to things that no one that is trying to live a moral life should be watching. No one should be watching. And I'm here to tell you, the adults that are here tonight, if you're spending more time on Facebook than you are with God, then you're not right with God. Boy, that went over good, didn't it? I mean, boy, that was, man, just this wave went through here. But it's true. 
There's people that read hundreds of memes every day, whatever those are. I'm pretty sure they're pictures with words on them. I don't know. People that read hundreds of those every day, and you ask them to quote a verse of Scripture, and they couldn't even begin to start. I'm saying we're in trouble. I'm saying we need to recognize these things, and when we realize that we are not where we could be with God if we worked a little bit at it, that maybe it's time to run to the altar the way that David did. Maybe it's time to go to an altar and confess those sins and ask God to help you and guide you all along the way. I'm telling you, there's some adults in here that may have let this stuff get completely out of control and and you may be into some things that are even much worse than what I mentioned here. Why not just choose tonight to come to these old-fashioned altars and confess those things to God and get rid of the things that you cannot control? Get an accountability partner if you have to. Decide that being close to God is more important than fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Because it is much more important. Much, much more important. <clears throat> Let's look at this spiritual man's insight here. He, he claims the promises. Look at verse number 12. What, what man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord. For he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Fearing the Lord. Fearing the Lord. Fearing the Lord. Stay with me here. Fearing the Lord. Fearing the Lord. Fearing the Lord. A healthy fear of God is a wonderful thing. No, no. Well, that means we reverence, respect the Lord. Oh, well, yeah, but it means we fear Him too. No, no, I mean fearing. No, truly, that we fear Him. I mean, He is the God of all creation. He can allow to happen whatever needs to happen in your life to get you back to Him. And the Bible has a whole lot to say about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, makes for a long life. And the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. I'm here to tell you a healthy fear of God is a good thing. It will do you good. No, 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 no. When we realize that God is watching everything that we do and listening to everything we listen to and He goes everywhere that we go, it is really a good thing when we realize, oh man, I shouldn't say that and I shouldn't look at that and I shouldn't touch that and I shouldn't do this. I'm telling you, it's a real good thing when we realize that God is there with us all the time as believers. He's watching us all the time. It's good to have a healthy fear of God. Healthy fear of God. That fear that, uh, that keeps you from doing things that you shouldn't do. <clears throat> Following the Lord's leading. Talks about that verse number 12. And I'm here to tell you tonight, if you will choose to fear the Lord, He will teach you to walk with Him. Come on, I, I, come on! I just, I just read those Scriptures. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you will choose to fear the Lord, He will teach you to walk with Him. 
but it also talks about the favor of the Lord. Verse number 15, Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord. He, for He shall pluck my feet out of the net. Is there anyone in here that does not desire the favor of the Lord? I mean, do you not want the Lord to look down on you and say, you know, they are trying so hard. I'm going to show them my favor. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to give them the victory for which they are seeking. I'm going to show them my good. Come on, only a fool would not desire that type of closeness to God. David was seeking after the Lord, and we see that he complains about his lot in life during that time. Look at verse number 16. He says, Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Oh, oh bring thou me out of my distress. Uh, distresses. Look upon mine, mine affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. Consider mine enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in Thee. It says he's desolate in verse number 16. Empty. I mean, crying out, Lord, I need You to fill my cup. I need You to do something in my heart and in my life that only You can do. Lord, I really sense that it is dry and dusty in there. And I need You to do something. I need I need you to fill me to overflowing. I need you I need you to do something that I can say. God met with me. God has done something in my heart and in my life. I need you, Lord. I'm empty. I need you to fill my cup. Verse number seventeen talks about he is in distress. That that word means means he's under pressure. Under pressure. It's like we can cry out to God and say, there's so much trouble that surrounds me, Lord. I need Your help. I feel pressure from all sides and it just seems like at every turn there's more trouble and, and more problems and, 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 and there's so much on me, Lord. I need Your help. In verse number 19, it talks about how he's despised, hated, hated. My enemies seem to be many, Lord. Inward and outward, everywhere I turn, they seem to be pulling me down, tripping me up, keeping me from being everything that I should be for you. I make these commitments and then I break them. I I, I don't want to do this, find myself doing it. And and I say that I'm not going to go there anymore and before I know it, there I am again. My enemies have surrounded me. Lord, I need Your deliverance. Verse number 20 says, Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in Thee. Deliver me. Boy, when we get to that place where we say, I have no place else to turn. I have no place else to turn that has the answers for all these things, these problems in my life, these besetting sins. These things that have become so commonplace in my life that I don't even think about it being against You anymore, God. These things that I've grown comfortable with that I know that if I was absolutely in Your presence that I wouldn't want to be around. 
I wouldn't want to be doing. I put my trust in Thee to deliver, to deliver me from that place. We cry out to Him and He delivers us. That's what the altar is all about. David goes to the altar and cries out to God. And with all of that, he says this. Look at verse 21. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. So we see this man's integrity. His integrity. What, what do you mean, preacher? He absolutely commits this to God. He commits it to God. Verse number 21, he talks about, well, he says, preserve me. He talks about preservation. Lord, as I walk in your ways, as I walk in integrity and as I walk in uprightness, as I try hard to go your way, please preserve me. And that word preserve there, it's like, please maintain me. Please defend me. Please protect me. Please keep me from all harm. Be there for me. No, no, as I walk in my integrity, come on, as I do what you would have me to do, Lord, I confess my sins before You, and You've not been first in my life, and there's things in there that should not be there, and, and Lord, I need help from all those. Deliver me from those enemies, and I will walk in my integrity. I will walk in my uprightness. I will begin to do the things, no matter how hard with Your help, I will begin to do the things that You would have me to do, and Lord, I'm just asking You, maintain me and defend me and protect me, and please just keep me from all harm as I try to fulfill Your will. And we'd have to throw patience in there. I know the Word is not in there. But He says this, For I wait on Thee. I wait on Thee. Preacher, I tell you, I made a commitment a week or so ago, and you know, I tried to do right for a couple of days, and it just didn't seem like God did anything. You know, So here I am again. Well, we have to have patience. That means we have to continue to walk in our integrity and uprightness. We have to continue to do what God would have us to do. Waiting on Him. Look up here. Waiting on Him and trusting Him to eventually do what only He can do. He will give victory. He will deliver us. He is there for us. But we have to have patience. I, I wait on Thee, Lord. I have nowhere else to turn. Come on, we have nowhere else to turn. He is our God. He is our Deliverer. Lord, I wait on Thee, and so I walk in Your paths, and I wait for You to do what only You can do in my life. Help me, Lord. You ever cried out to God? I, I do a lot. Know that thing. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me. Well, how come you pray that, preacher? I need help. I need help that only God can give. I need that help that comes from above. 
But if I'm not willing to continue to do what God would have me to do, I'll never experience that blessing. Just fall right back into the old trap. And then verse 22, Redeem Israel, O God, out of all His troubles. So when I thought about that, I just thought about peace. Peace. You know, that peace that passes understanding. That peace that only God can give. No, that, that peace that you that peace that you are right with God, that peace that you're going His way. That peace that just can consume you. Lord, I'm searching for that peace that passes understanding. Lord, I am trusting You to get me out of all my troubles. I'm looking to You. I'm looking to You. Unto Thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. You know what David was saying there? Basically, Lord, take my life. And let it be whatever you want it to be. I open myself up completely to you. I'm not going to try to withhold anything. If you say it's right, I'll continue that way. If you say it's wrong, it's got to go. Under thee, O Lord, do I open myself up completely. Search me. Oh my God, I trust in Thee. Let me not be ashamed. When David came to the place where he really had nowhere else to turn for the things for which he was searching, he went to the altar. He turned to God. He turned to God. Where's your trust? What are you trusting in? What is it that is keeping you from being everything that God would have you to be? What is it that is keeping you from having victory in those areas of your life where you seem to fail God over and over and over and over again? What is it that needs to be addressed? What is it that you need to carry to God? Unto Thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in Thee. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that You would take this and that You would use it in the hearts of Your people. I, again, don't know the needs of the men and ladies and boys and girls that are in the auditorium tonight, but You know each need and You know how to speak to hearts. And so our prayer now, Lord, is as we open up these altars that uh, folks would just be very honest with You, very honest with themselves. Lord, victory would be given in areas. Lord, uh, ground that's been lost would be regained. Uh, Father, Father, that uh, a newfound trust in You would be real as people walk out of this place tonight. 
Help us, Lord. Help us. As only you can help us. And we trust you to do that. And ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's all stand to our feet. Piano's going to play. Altar's open for you. You need to come, why don't you? Whatever it is God wants. Whatever it is God's been trying to do. Whatever He's been trying to do. We've been locked down. We've been surrounded by trouble. 